G'day listeners and welcome to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players that are going to bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and tonight I am joined by a member of Hat Chat, the first of uh, a couple that are going to come on this show actually, but welcome Sanch to the podcast. How you going mate? Thanks, mate. Started with the biggest from Hat Chat. It's all downhill from here, I'm pretty sure. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, wouldn't get your hopes up after the uh, cracking Hawthorne episode we've got to go. <laughs> well, you know, wait and see. There's um, Hawthorne are definitely an interesting team this year. So um, a lot of fantasy, I guess, especially Keeper League relevant names because we dig so deep into lists and stuff like that. With your midfield kind of clean out, there's a lot of opportunities. So I don't know. What's your take on it all? What's, uh, were you a fan of the clean out as a supporter? What's the go? I was a fan of the clean out last year when yep. they tried to do it and be brutal. Oh, I was such a fan of it. Like, yep, let's start the rebuild now. And then clubs this year went, oh, you wanted to rebuild last year? Well, <laughs> here we go. Let's take, let's actually drain you for what you've got and not give you anything in return. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it, it got a lot under the belt of a lot of young guys, but I don't know. It's There's a lot to be desired at Hawthorne at the moment. So, I, I, I've got no hopes for these next few years, but I hope we have a few young guns that – that's all you can ask for in your team, really, is just a few young guns to pop and yeah. really show something for the future, which some, we'll talk about them later, haven't really done that so far. Yeah, it's, it's always a bold um, strategy, strategy, sorry, especially when it looks like you're going to be throwing a few of young players to the walls at sometimes. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. But like we said for fantasy, and especially in the draft and keeper league circle, probably not so much for your um, classic, that's what your show revolves around but um yeah there's going to be some value options i think or players that might jump into new roles that might go to a different level um if they can get their hands on the footy but we'll worry about that uh later um all right so we'll get stuck into the show uh this year we are separating players into undervalued uh breakout contenders and stash options so we'll jump straight in first one it's the name on everyone's lips in the draft circle i think and probably in some classic circle as well and that's james warple so I don't know. With the midfield clean out, do you – so many people think he's going to be one of the replacements. He's going to jump straight back into the midfield. What are your thoughts? Look, last year it's hard because he wasn't actually out of the midfield. He just had, similar to Tom Mitchell, yep. a pretty horrid role when he wasn't on the ball. So I think he still averaged about like 40% CBAs or, or something like that when he was actually in the team. Then he got injured. He was out of form, got thrown to the twos. So – uh, I find it so hard to put a number on Warple because he's been thrown in so many different roles these last few years. So, yeah. like, in all honesty, in a few of my keepers and draft leagues, I'm, I'm just not touching him. Yeah. Like, if someone's going to have a high price on him because of what he's done in the past. And unfortunately, you're not going to be able to get him for the price he's currently at. Uh, I, I know he's a tough keep for a lot of teams, but I think I can see – Teams in 15, 10, 10 teams, 15 keepers, he's going to be kept and I just could not be touching him. So a bit different for your salary cap because, you know, you can yeah, just ride it and, and, and jump off yeah. if, if he fails. But, yeah, I, I, th- I think he's about third in line, honestly, in, in CBA. So probably behind Newcomb and, and Ward. But I just, I just can't see that big enough upside to be throwing the kitchen sink at him. So what, what are your thoughts on the midfield? I've, I've got a list. I'll see what your thoughts are first, yeah. and then I'll just throw these names at you. Um, yeah, so I think Newcomb's your, your top dog in there. I wouldn't be surprised if Ward um, kind of steps up a bit this year and they use him a bit more. I'm semi-bullish on Carl Amon just because he new recruit, and he's more one of your senior heads now as well at Port Adelaide as well. He would mix, mix between wing 
and midfield. Um, just trying to think who else you got on the top off my top of my head, but uh, yeah, like last yes. year you threw like a Dylan Moore in there late in the season that worked pretty well, so you could see that going. Connor Nash, they moved him out to the wing, I guess, a little bit later on, but he was supposed to be a crash and bash tackler, um, accountable type, and it didn't kind of work out. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure. And you've also picked up Cooper Stevens, so he might be in there as well. So. I, I honestly have no idea, but just moving back to Warple for a second. So let's just do a bit of a case study because I'm an owner. All right. So um, yep. my thoughts right now, we keep 16. He's not in my best 16 right now. And here's my thoughts. You still you say he's still got 57% of the CBAs, but he had, I think that was, that was down by 14% on the previous year. And I think even more from the year before that. So he's already on the decline. And I figure that if Sam Mitchell had any plans for him, they would have done it last year because they already moved so many midfielders out. So why would they suddenly bump him back up? So I'm yeah, I'm a bit skeptical on him. I, I love the salary cap call, but I'm not loving him for draft. That's for sure. Yeah, again, uh, yeah, it's just a, it's such a tough hold. But if you if you look at his his CBA and his analysis in there, even in those first what was it eight or nine rounds before he was injured, he was still like sixth yep. in line for CBAs, and he, he had bump. like forty to fifty percent CBAs. So he was behind. Newcomb, O'Meara, Titch, Nash, and Ward. Yep. It's, it's just and a, it was just a, such a massive mix. So yeah. you throw those other two guys out. He's now he's now a senior head in that midfield. So I can I can see a world where I think if he goes back to a waiver, someone early in a draft is taking a punt on him. Yep. Because it all depends on people's different midfield mixes. Like I know in a few of my keepers, I'm I, I tend to be called Stack Zach because I <laughs> I load up I load up on midfielders yeah. and my midfield is just absolutely full. So I couldn't be the one that takes him, but someone's got a, th- a thin midfield and they're going to jump. And I think that's the time you do it because I think there's a lot of reward. We we saw it what he did in his uh in his Crimmins in his Peter Crimmins medal winning year. Yeah. He he was an absolute gun. And that's the and thing. He, that Best was because he got the opportunity. Season. Like crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think if he gets the opportunity, he can really soar. But I do think there's going to be a lot of volatility in that midfield. That's, for example, we're not going to talk about a guy like a like a Dylan Moore, but I can't touch him this year. Yeah. There's so much happening in that midfield that I don't think there's going to be any premiums. Yeah. But there's going to be a, a few guys that pop and have good runs in, in, in a shit team. Yeah. <laughs> That's the other thing as well. Like you may have a lesser share of the possession as well. Like you just might not have the ball in your hands as much and that could attribute to that as well, particularly how teams and Hawthorne will be the same. They'll want to move the ball quickly. It's We're already losing possessions, you know, in terms of game style yeah. across the, the competition and just being a, a club that suffers a bit from that, especially if you're not a good one, you might might not just win the footy as much as well. So Yeah, we're not, we're not playing possession footy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, we'll move on. I've got three guys that um, have well been defenders, well, traditionally been defenders the last few years, um, and that's Jarman Impey, Jack Scrim, um, Scrimshaw, and Chankuth Jarth. Now, now, last year there was a few injuries to some of them, I guess, but um, the, they all kind of declined last year is what I'm trying to say. So Sicily returned. Do you think this was the catalyst? for their kind of decline. And is there a world where one of these guys pops back up and becomes a handy scorer at some stage? What's your thoughts? Yeah, I, I guess I'll go in order of relevance to me. Yep. Um, Jack Scrimshaw is the one that got hurt by Sicily the most, yep. I think, like straight off the bat. He was the distributor the year before last and Sicily coming in, everything went through Sicily. We knew that. We saw his scores. So anything that came into that back line was getting put in Sicily's hand and he was going as long as possible or it was getting chipped back to him again for another plus six. It wasn't going to Scrimshaw like yep. it was a year before. So I think maybe a year of improvement when the team actually works together and less injuries. Injuries killed that back line. 
last year. I think yeah. I don't think they had the same back six for a run of three games yeah. for the season. There was some crazy stats. So yeah, I, I just think Scrimshaw gets a bit of improvement out of just another another year in in that back line. Um, I, I had him to pop last year. I really thought with Sisley coming back, he'd pop, but obviously it went the other way. Yep. Jarman Impey, I think I see him as a as a wing hybrid. So this year, I don't know who I see as being the wingers. So for a guy like Impey, the, the structure we play hasn't particularly been a structure where one wing dominates and the other doesn't touch it. Like you get a lot of the common teams this year. Yeah. Either wing gets it whenever. It doesn't matter. They don't play one side like we used to. We used to play on the left-hand side because we had 30 left-footers on the field. Yep. Yeah. And we just always played on the left-hand side, whereas now it's a great mix, so it goes anywhere. So I think he, Jarwin Impey, I think is massively capped in scoring unless I don't see him even being a, a 70 guy. Yeah. I think he's just, he'll have those games where he pops, but if he's playing as a hybrid half forward, hybrid half back, it's not really going to suit him because there's a lot of distri- distributors back there. you got guys like Hardwick, CJ Burst out of the back line, which is what Jarwin Impey used to do. Yeah. Scrimshaw, Sicily, a lot of guys can get their hands on the footy. And Bramble, if that's, he's fit, yeah, who knows where he's going to play. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then... And then Chenguth Jath is one of my favourite players in the comp yeah. because of the way he takes the game on. And he gets in trouble for it a lot. Absolutely. Last year we didn't see it because he was injured. Yep. But I think he has to improve his defensive game first because, unfortunately, Sicily's not playing defensive every yep. game. And CJ can play a lot taller than what he is. Yeah, so. and can intercept and do things like that too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and him and Hardwick play similar roles but on different types of players. Yeah. So I think... You see a guy like Hardwick pops for three games every now and then. I think that's something that CJ is going to probably do. If Hardwick has a lockdown on a smaller guy, then CJ might get off. But if there's a taller back line, then CJ's got to play tall. Very match up dependent. Really, yeah, it really gets difficult to, to field him. But out of the three, I, I think Jack Scrimshaw's the pick of the bunch because he's playing defensively as such a lot less. His role doesn't change. Week. It's, it's, he's got the same role week in, week out. Yep. It just depends on if... He gets the footy. <laughs> exactly. And if Hawks get the footy too. Oh, yeah, that's tough. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that kind of leads in perfectly to our, we're moving on to the breakout contenders now. A guy who has played in defense traditionally over the last, you know, three years of his career, his first three years of his career, and that's Will Day. A lot of talk of him moving up to the midfield on a wing this year. So, what are your thoughts there? Yeah. So, put this on your TikTok, F. Will Day won't just break out. He'll Break the freaking ceiling. <laughs> so this kid is going to explode. The word around the club is he is just ready to go. Give him the keys and he will explode. Now, I don't really know if that's going to be an inside-outside mix yep. because that's what he, they were trying last year. But instead of giving an inside-outside, he got all inside and got bullied. So the training photos, he looks just ready to go. He doesn't, he still looks scrawny, but he doesn't yeah. look like that kid that just came out of school, like a 14 yep. year old kid like he has for the last two seasons. Yep. He's just, he's an elite junior scorer and just, if he gets thrown in there, like we're all expecting at Hawthorne that he's going to, I can see him being, he's not, he's not going to be your elite Zach Merritt yeah. breakout that plays inside outside of your human luggage or I have to call him human luggage, <laughs> but I think he's human luggage Light. Okay. Light. So if he can, if he breaks out to be a, a ninety this year, I am not surprised yeah. in the slightest. I think he is going to be the steal of so many drafts off of a stanky two years of injury and role. He he hasn't played the same role five games straight. Yeah. 
that's the, in the last two seasons. Yeah. And I guess injuries have really hampered him as well. That's been the other issue. My take yep. on him is he looks like an outside type to me. Like I know that you you said he's put on a bit of size. I didn't know that to be honest. But like you said, when he went into the inside midfield, he did get bullied a bit, which has me pegged for well, has him pegged in my mind for an outside role. I think there's one that he can take there as well. And listed as a defender this season, like it's going to be pretty handy. My fear is just that he becomes like a dime a dozen winger after this season when he doesn't have defender status. I think yep. after this year, if he breaks out like we're thinking, he just might be a bit less valuable in the future. That's all. I, I think the same thing. And as a as an owner in one or two leagues, yep. don't, don't let that sway your decision. He, um, yeah, it's always been that thing on him that when he does break out, he's not going to break out as a defender yeah. or as a forward. He will break out as 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 an essentially a wingman. Yep. But his skills, they just they need to get into his hands yep. and. And we saw in roles he played last year, they they couldn't get into his hands. And when they did, it was heavy in traffic and we were just getting bullied. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I really do see him as, as an inside-outside mid and then resting out onto a wing yep. okay. this year. And I think if he can, if he gets a consistent 30 to 40% CBAs, I, I, I really love the role for him. In our, in our league, quite about a few of our listeners would know this because it's been, um, we've put it up on Twitter. I actually traded him to K's. Um, a few I weeks did, ago. I did hear of this. Yeah, for Danny yeah. Rich. So, but uh, my I, my thoughts are just, yeah, like I see, I'm seeing more around that kind of 80 mark and then being around the 85 to 90 in the future. Whereas like, and I got Dyson Heppel, Heppel in the deal as well. So I needed another defender. And my, figure, my, my feeling was I just needed defenders going forward more so than yeah. what I thought would be a dime a dozen midfielder. But interesting, your thoughts, your thoughts, you might think he might be a bit uh, more than that. So we just have to wait nah, and see what I, happens. I, lo- I love that trade. It's it's thinking for the future, and yeah, I, I, I'm I'm sort of in the same boat. Is someone I'm definitely keeping this year because I'm quite high on him this year. Yep. Um, but I mean, after this year, if he if he only goes at 85, I say only. That's 25 points yeah, outside yeah, of what he size. went last year. Yeah. But if he goes to 85 and he's a mid next year, he's gone. Yeah. So yeah. But yeah, just just when you got to cash in, that's the beauty of draft. <laughs> All right. Another big argument talking point on this podcast is the Hawthorne ruck combo and what it's going to be. So last year, um, Doss and Kays were um, Team Lynch and I was Team Reeves from the get-go. All right. So yep. let that be known. Um, we've, we've shown that Lynch can't play football. All right. It's, uh, it's a fact now. Okay. So the, the, new, the new contest is Reeves and Meek, I guess. So... Case is of the opinion that um, they, they won't bring Meek in to not make him number one ruck. But a lot of Hawthorne supporters I've actually talked to really like Reeves as a tat ruckman. He's going to get your first hands and he actually uses it. Hit, the hitouts to advantage are actually quite good when he's in the side. And so you've got to weigh up what do you want in a ruckman. What are your thoughts on the whole mix? Yeah, they're going to clearly play both. Yeah, I, so I obvious, can't see a world where they do not play both. Um, Just looking at Hawthorne's history, s- like what you've done over the last... 15 years yep. probably. Always been two Look at the teams side. that Sam Mitchell played yeah. in, in in our premiership years. Yep. There was David Hale and whatever backup they wanted at you the time. You had Brent Renouf in there at one, time, one stage. Yeah, yeah. Was he a premiership player? That was, that was a little while yeah. ago. <laughs> <laughs> but then you, you bring in the types of like a, a big boy McAvoy that always had a second string ruck with him. Yep. Like yep. when he was brought in to replace a David Hale, he always had a second string ruckman yep. paired up with him. So... Um, yeah, like Mark Pitnett got left the club to become a number one ruckman. Yep. Like we've we've had many ruckmen come and go. Yeah. So I just can't see a world where they're both and they're the best combo of ruckman. Yeah, you haven't true. got two pure tap yep. ruckmen. You haven't got two pure around the ground. They both offer something different. Yep. So like for example, in with with Reeves, he, he only offers 
seven or eight disposals a game. He doesn't get his hand on the footy. And he doesn't take any marks. He averages 1.5 marks a game. Although I will say he was improving in that area up forward probably in the last four or five games before he got injured. He was getting better. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. He he started actually showing some presence. I think he sort of worked into the season, even though he got injured in the middle of the season. He won your most promising young player. So there must be something there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was was highly touted when we picked him up. So I I really, he's he's a massive dude too. (laughs) And then you're bringing in, you're bringing in a guy like Meek, who's a massive dude for a different reason, yeah, and, and can actually get around the ground. And this Mitch Lewis, injury, yeah, I was just about to mention that, yeah, yeah, all bar locks in, they're both going to play. Yeah, one has to kind so, of sit forward while the other one's rucking, and they'll give each other a chop out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I tend to agree. I cannot draft either of them because <laughs> they'll both play. And it's just not going to make any sense every week. No, I agree. Um, all right, Josh Ward. Do you reckon the uh, progression is locked in this year, or do you reckon there might be a case of second year blues and he goes backwards a little bit? What do you think? He's my favourite Hawk. Yep. He's actually my favourite player at the Hawks. In his first interview at the club, his voice is deeper than mine (laughs) and he just blew me away with how professional he was and he was at training the day after he was drafted and he's just an absolute workhorse. Now, he has got a little bit – I can't even think of what injury it is at the moment. It's completely escaped me, but a light niggle he's been sort of playing. It might have been a groin. Yep. I hope it wasn't. Maybe it was a groin. But, yeah, so I – I think, unfortunately, he's at that weird average that people are probably going to go a little bit early on him for a, for a sort of a second-year breakout. But a 89 average from around 17 to finish the year, he's, yeah, I, I think the kid's an absolute star and he's just going to take off for, for this season. I, I just can't see a world where he doesn't. Yeah. Now, I tend to agree as well. Like, he's just got – when you watch him, like, and you see, like, basically a young player like that just thrown into play in the midfield, it's like – yeah, you think there's something special there that he could actually, yeah, bust out. So, and just being such a highly touted draft pick as well, like I, I see there's no issue there. Um, yeah, I think I ran the numbers. And, sorry, I'm not sure if you just mentioned this, but 89 average from round 17 onwards. So he put up some big scores in that back end of the season. Once he come back from, I guess he got dropped in the middle a little bit and then got concussed. So that kept him out for a little while. Is that what happened? Um, no, I don't think he got dropped. He got concussed, concussed that's right. and then he just- Oh, then he came back held. through the VFL. Was that right? Yes. Yeah, that's what yep. happened. Yeah, yep. because no, he couldn't. He got concussed and then I think he got like delayed concussion. So maybe that's something to keep in the back of your yep. mind, but, and he just couldn't quite get over his concussion. Then he had to come back through, yeah, through the VFL to actually get some run under his belt. But I mean, I, I, I think he's getting, he's going to be second in line for CBAs this year. I can't see a world where he's not, he's, he's not going to be resting forward. He's going to be smashing through the CBAs and, and coming off. The, the the rest of the guys that are a forward mid hybrids can can do that forward role. He's he's locked in that midfield now. Ladies and gentlemen, Valentine's Day is almost here, and by the grace of Cupid, our friends at Manscaped are coming with the best tools to get your boys downstairs ready for the special occasion. I'd like to propose making February 13th National Shave Your Balls Day. Who's with me? Uh, get lucky this Valentine's Day and join the 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. With our exclusive offer, go to manscaped.com and use the code Keeper 20 for 20% off and free shipping. That's Keeper 20 for 20% off and free shipping. All right, we'll move on to a stash option. Um, another player that showed promise, he was a, a draft pick last year that you picked up. That's Connor McDonald. Um, he was playing forward in a bit of wing time last year. Um, had a few CBAs, I think, as well, just tiny bits here and there. Do you think it's a, another development year for him or do you think he's a breakout candidate also? What do you reckon? Yeah, I, I think someone like Cooper Stevens hurts him. Yep. Um, gets brought in straight to that midfield. I, 
I don't see him being a bad pick. Like if you've got him on on your rookie list or something, you're definitely going to keep him and and he's gonna he's gonna play. Like obviously he's gonna play every game. I think he wouldn't have played as many as he did last year and, and not get any games this year. But yeah, I'd, he's, he's definitely going to keep forward status too. I, I would assume with the way that the um, the forward numbers actually work. So I mean, there's nothing wrong with a 65 65 average. Yeah forward that you just stream week in week yeah. out and he's, he's not a keep if you haven't got for if you haven't got keep of our rookies yep. but yeah I, I, th- I think he's definitely a good pickup with the potentially goes high with some cbas but i see him sixth seventh in line for cbas yeah, this year a while back all right um before we move on uh, do you have any additions that i've missed do you think on this show doc uh, i've got a dirty one okay and it's chad wingard <laughs> i like this one he's <laughs> it's it's a tough, tough sell because the Chad just hasn't exploded in his life. Well, I mean, you could say two years ago he was horribly underpriced and then came in the back half of the year and, and exploded. But last year was a horrid year for him. He's he's getting older. He's getting more injuries. Um, but I just think if he is, he was still in the CBAs last year when he played. So he still was pinch hitting even in a year where we clearly were in a development year. He was still getting CBAs. So I think with a year when you got, we've got something like, it's a 22-year-old, a 19-year-old, a 21-year-old, and a 25-year-old, I think, yep. are, our, are our top four CBA attendees from last year coming into this year. Yep. So in that sort of year, I think Chad Wingard will get a few hitouts in the in the, in the the midfield, and I reckon he's going to be dirt cheap. Like, he's a guy you can pick up, and if, if he has some favourable matchups and he, and he scores you an 80, that is gold yeah like i don't think he's going to do it week in week out but that's gold yeah i yeah i think the same like i reckon he's going to get dropped into the pool now so he'll be in the draft listed yep. as a forward um same kind of reason why i'm why i'm kind of higher on carl amon a bit more as well is yeah like they they will probably have to throw a few mature bodies in there to look after the younger ones you know from time to time and you know when he has those games if you have him as a streamer or as a uh, bench option that you can loophole on um, yep. Or even no, it probably isn't even F five for most weeks. To be honest, if you get to your 60, 70 around that mark yep. most weeks, you'd be happy 100%. with that. So, yeah, yeah. no, nah, I think that's a good option. Anyone else? Uh, the last one's more of a watch. I, I don't really know what to get a read on. It's Cooper Stevens. I think mean, he, he was picked up for a reason. Um, they 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 did they did trade for him. So I think he was. I think he's a good pickup for the games he showed at Geelong last year. But I, you, we've got to watch it in the trial game. I mean, if he only gets 10 minutes in the guts in the fourth quarter, you put a line through him, you don't pick him up. He's a he's a mid-only, so he's not even worth it. But if you can, if you've got a good a good uh, good commissioner that has nice <laughs> nice rookie settings and you can pick him up as a rookie, that'd be great. Yeah. But no, it depends on uh, your I think he's 21 now, so it depends on the commission. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, he's a very tough sell as a mid-only, but I think he can be a solid, solid enough streamer if you run a really deep league. Yep. No, I agree with that one as well. Um, good to see, like the you know, a few signs getting a getting a run last year at uh, Geelong as well. Finally, as well. Um, good to see. He's always been one that's been in our black books. So yeah, I do like that one. And just coming to a new club, they must have seen something in him as well. So the uh, signs are positive. Uh, before we get on to the listener questions, just want to thank a few gold members. Uh, thank you to Rowan Pickrell. Robert Malvadini, uh, Malvindi, Malvindi, sorry, um, Bevan Lemon, uh, Jordan O'Reilly, Josh Donhart, Glenn McAuliffe, Cameron Mills, Nathan Quarrell, Sam Morley, and Joshua Higgins. Thank you to those gold members for signing up. Uh, on our website, we've got heaps of premium resources for members. We're right into ranking season. Our defender rankings come out last week, and our top 100 midfielders are coming out on Wednesday. So sign up as a member, get stuck into all of those, and uh, yeah, hopefully we can help you pull a few gems out of your draft. 
All right, let's get into the listener questions with Sanch joining us. Uh, let's get into it. Patch to the Max asks, please tell me Rocky, uh, Lockie Bramble will be good. Not really a question, but can you tell him that Lockie Bramble will be good? Sorry, Patch. I'm, I'm lying to myself about Will Day, mate. I can't lie to you about Lockie Bramble. <laughs> I don't even know where he's going to play for his best 22. I hope he is because I love watching him, but nah, mate, that's that's a hard, hard sell. That is a hard sell, that one. Um, it showed good signs a couple of years ago. Um, if you can get a role, there's a potential there, but yeah, I'm just not sure where it is. Um, at Chirdo5 asks, uh, Connor McDonald, what were his junior fantasy numbers? I'm bullish. I didn't actually have them in the show, Doc. I might um, come back to that one. Classic case of meaning to do that before the show and then not actually getting around to it. So we'll come back. Um, at Toddman84, what do we think Impy's role is this year and will he be worth picking up? So we've kind of already touched on that as well. Just want to rehash that one. Yeah, look, I, I think it is a – it's such a hard split because he, he plays so well forward of the ball and he's so damaging behind the ball when he gets it. So I think it's going to be a really hard gauge of where he's going to play. I think he's worth picking up mainly just on the idea of if – you never want to say it, but if one of the guys in the back line goes down, I think he slots straight back in there. Or maybe Lockie Bramble does, we don't know. But wherever he is, they want to get the ball in his hands because he just dashes and he's he's so electric when he gets the footy. Yeah. I just – yeah, if, if, if he's getting you a, a, a low 70s average, he's, he's a great picker. For sure. Uh, just going back to uh, Connor McDonald, averaged 121.2 in the NAB League. So pretty handy there. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> see why people are jumping on board. Uh, let's go to at Taser87. Do Weddle and McKenzie play early and often? And if so, what roles do you see him playing? I, I can't see them playing early. McKenzie, I can see more. Weddle... Weddle's a bit of a tough one because I don't really know where he fits in. Yep. Um, like there's so many players to fit in down there. McKenzie, I think, will play just purely because there's going to be such a big mix that he may as well get games. Normally, they the Hawks have been pretty good at when you get a game, you've earned your, you've earned your yeah. game. So you've clearly impressed. So you're going to get a few games and a, and a good run under your belt. Then You're not just in for one week and then out and then back in six weeks when you've done well on the twos. Yep. So even if they don't play early... Oh, I think it's still a pretty good pickup because when they do come in, you're pretty sure they're going to be good. Yeah, for sure. Um, at janitor's time asks, not a question, but Reeves is our number one ruck. So we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> um, at Kurt Morgs, uh, Josh Ward or Jai Newcomb, Jai Newcomb in a keeper league. I have a feeling Newcomb this year, but Ward will quickly overtake and have the better career. Who would you be picking first in a keeper league? Yeah, I'd be taking Josh Ward. Yep. I I just I just love how he goes about it. Newcomb, I think, will be solid for years to yeah. come. So he'll he'll probably be that. I wouldn't say Luke Parker type because he's been more than solid. Yeah, <laughs> but just someone that's going to sit around that ninety-five to ninety mark and just be super solid for your team week in week out. You can always trust yep. him. Ward might go through some growing pains, yep. like potentially this year. I, I hope not, but. He may go through some growing pains, but when he finally gets there, I think he's our number one mid for years yeah, to come. I do agree. Um, yeah, I think um, John Newcomb was just like a product of everything going – well, not – everything will go right, continue going right, but it was just like his time to kind of take over in the midfield. We saw him kind of really burst ahead, but I'm not sure if there's much further growth there, if you know what I mean, whereas I think yeah. Ward, the sky's the limit, that's all. Yep, no, 100%. I think the way that Ward uses the ball and 
in that midfield. Newcomb will be the protector as such, even though he's only 22, yep. I think. But he'll become the protector and Ward will become that midfield gun Definitely. and midfield jet and really take it take it to the next level. All right. Uh, Dale Young, uh, Finn McGuinness is stuck in no man's land. Uh, will he finally get a chance to get to midfield time? Oh, he got a chance last year yeah. with... with um, with tagging roles and it just Didn't really stick, yeah. I, I don't see tagging roles working, especially in a developing midfield. I know it helps to to sort of slow the opposition's best player down and help your, your young young kids to, to really get into the game, but I just don't see a, a world where he tags every week or he has much relevance. And last question comes from Jay O'Brien, um, and it's kind of it's contrary to what I've been saying all show, but is it really all doom and gloom for Eamon? Is there a world where he averages a score that's worthy of an M4, M5? In a keeper, um, in a twelve to eight, a twelve out of eighteen squad, so you keep twelve, I think. There, he's what averaged one hundred and ninety nine in the last two years, or yeah. something like that. You're keeping, yeah. you're keeping Carl. Absolutely, I, yeah. No, I think he goes. I well. don't think it's doom or gloom in at any by any yeah. means. I, I just don't know what role he plays. Yeah. I, I think he plays a similar role to what he played at Port, but. I'd hope it's more inside than outside for uh, for, for Jaden's sake. I sat down and <laughs> worked out the numbers once about his games on the inside and games on the outside, and they're quite sporadic. Like, he will have yeah. games on the outside where he goes absolutely massive, but then he'll do the same on the inside as well. Like, And sometimes yeah. it's only like four or five CBAs, and like it still bumps his score up huge. It doesn't actually like – it doesn't feel like it actually like, I don't know, accurately reflects his score. I feel like in those games where he does go big, he's just on, you know what I mean? It's yeah, more about yeah. just him being in the right mindset more so than getting midfield minutes. So yeah. I think it can fluctuate a bit because it's, yeah, it's no hard and, f- hard and fast rule with him with the CBAs. He can score well on the wing. So whatever role he does play, I still think he's a 90-plus averager around that mark anyway because yep. that's just the type of game he plays. Coming to a new club, new club rule, it's science. You know, you go to a new club, you perform better. <laughs> and, and also he's just a senior head there now as well. Um, it was actually surprised me that you picked him up because like you'd done this big clean out and then I think Amon's now probably oldest on the list. So you've picked up, he'd be very close. Um, he'd be, I don't think he's the oldest on the list because he's only 27. Yeah, he's 20, 20, 28 this year. I think Sicily might be. Oh yeah, probably. But under him, like it's like you've gone the opposite direction with everything else you've yeah. done by getting him in yep. anyway. So. Well, yeah. it's, it's similar to something we did a few years ago when we picked up Chad Wingard. It made no sense. Yeah. We were going heavy in the draft, heavy in the draft, and we pick up Chad Wingard. Yeah. So I don't know if it's just to keep sort of the level head that we're- Still contending. We're still trying to get good yeah. players, maybe. But, I but yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But yeah, I'd, I think that Amon's a guy that's not going to burn you. Yep. So if you're keeping as an M4, M5, what are you expecting? Yeah. 95, yeah. 90? Oh. If, he, if, if, he drops a, if he drops a mid-80s most weeks, you're like, ah. Yeah. That's all right. That's still an M four M five range for me. If yeah, I've got exactly. I've got an M five averaging eighty. I'm pretty happy with that. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll take it all. Absolutely. Day. All right, Sanch. Where can our listeners find you and your stuff that you do? Yeah, head on over to Hatchat. That's the main main place. I can I can plug oh, just yeah, like that. Just looking there. down at the moment. That's that's the best best way to yep. do it uh, with the Hatchat hats. Um, but I'm over at uh, at Sanch Fantasy on on Twitter. I'm I'm always lurking. I had a bit of a we jokes. I had a bit of a lull this off season because I. I Missed out on my own hat by 10 places, but we don't talk about that too much. <laughs> yep. um, even though I'm now Mr. 110, which is <laughs> really saddening. Well, look, mate, I'd take 110. Um, so I think my closest is about 728, I reckon. So, <laughs> nah. I mean, that, that that's better than Nathan last <laughs> okay, year yeah. and, and Jake and Jake ever. So, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll we'll give them something. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, just always floating around on Twitter and, and, and over at Hatch Chat Link. We're back into our weekly uploads now. So, 
we've uh, took a little bit of a hiatus, watched everyone else come back, yep. and we were just itching. We had, to jump into it. We, we had our schedule, and now we're just bursting through the box. Right. So Good to hear. Well, you can get around our stuff on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. Uh, at Keeper League Pod for that one there. Um, make sure you head over to manscaped.com and use the code KEEPER20 for 20% off and free shipping. And also, if you want to support the podcast, please sign up as a member. There's a link in the description below. Thanks, Sanch, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Take it easy. See you later. <laughs>